Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Small Rolls a D&D podcast where there are no small roles and no one who remembers watching their friends die except Oren. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Too soon. Oh, Too soon. That Too is, soon. That's real. I'm David Knight, your dungeon master, and I'm joined by my traumatized actors. Say hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, whilst you all tried to forget what happened last time, let's cue the theme tune. Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and d20 Let's play D&D Your haggard character swaggers with daggers in each hand You've all discussed what you must, but even better laid plans Take a turn when checks are missed Roll initiative Brandish your blades Activating the divination table in Lady Vondel's study, Oren experienced a possible future in which the party were chased off of the estate due to Enkidu's failed attack on the cook, surmised that the Vondel's bunker below the folly was being used to hoard essentials in case of an upcoming doomsday event, and on trying to infiltrate the bunker, found that the password disaster didn't work, resulting in the deaths of Juna and Gaius. As the party headed into the woods in hopes that the witch could revive their fallen friends, Orin was snapped back to the table 24 hours earlier, ready to redirect events. And that's basically where we pick up. Orin, I believe you've given Juna a big ol' hug, you've thrown up everywhere, 
and you yep. announced that you're going to deliver <laughs> oh, the food up to up. Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I realised that that's a big oversight. Now <laughs> 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 just like vomit <laughs> all over that nice divination table. I don't table. know prestidigitation, so I can't do anything about that. <laughs> it's all right. I'm used to working as a housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Warren, what's wrong? Do you want me to clear that up for you? Uh... I'll soak it up with some of this bread, shall I? Juna <laughs> gets to work cleaning up. This is a great start. This is from the sublime to the ridiculous. This is not already the future is not what I expected it to be. <laughs> Are you feeling all right? You do not look well. No, I, I don't feel... Uh, Juno, are you telling me you don't remember anything of what just happened? What, that we were talking to Jasana down in the kitchen and then we made this really lovely plan that we were going to bring the meal up together and we came in here and I think we might be in tomorrow. No, 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 Juno, we're not. Well, how do you, how do you know? Honestly, why don't we hide the food in the cupboard? <laughs> With the vomit on it. And go and and go and see what tomorrow looks like. No, no, Juno, we're we're here. We're now, okay? Okay, Juno, this is gonna sound This is gonna sound mad. But I have seen tomorrow. I went to tomorrow. You went we all went to tomorrow. I think I'd remember but if we went to tomorrow. <laughs> I thought you would have remembered too, but it's happened already. I've seen it. I've already seen tomorrow happen. I've lived through it. I've lived through the last 24, for the next 24 hours already. I, I don't understand what you, you, you've lived through tomorrow, I don't, but we uh, might be in tomorrow. No, we're not in tomorrow. We're here. We're now. We're today. So what are we doing? Something different. To what? Oh, this is really hard to explain. Right. Well, you think that we could be in tomorrow right now, yeah? I really do. Yeah. And I thought that as well. Yesterday. Today. Oh. How do I? Oh my goodness! So I thought that as well. We thought that. We both thought that. But it, we hadn't gone into the future. But now I have gone into the future. I've gone through. I'm explaining this really badly. So we're not in tomorrow. But you've been to tomorrow, and I was there. But I don't remember. We're in yesterday. We're in yes. Well, no, yesterday for me, but today for you. So what do we need to do now then? We need to get the others, and we need to get out of the house now. Why? What happened? To, what happened today? Tomorrow? Yesterday? Um, it all went wrong. It all went wrong. Would you like to tell this to me over a nice tankard of beer? You do not look right, Orin. I don't feel right. Ben Galpin also does not look right right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Galpin has got himself in a muddle about time. (laughs) Good luck, editors. All right, then. I'd love to sit down over an ale and just explain it, but... So are we taking the food up or are we hiding it in the cupboard? I don't even know if it matters, to be honest, as long as we're getting out of here. Let's take it up. All right. Are we going to look in a cheeky other room on our way? No, 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 no other rooms. Do you know what? I still can't get my head round that one of those wands is missing. (laughs) Yeah, Gaius has got it. What? Is that what went wrong? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you stole so that's it. That's one of the things, but I'm going to tell you that is that is literally the least of our concerns right now. All right, let's let's take it up. Right, well, we got to deliver the food, but we got to we got to be ready for when Enkidu and Guy and Gwen come back. They're com- they're coming back with Lady Vondell. She's going to be out cold, 
And we've got to be ready. We've got to stop them. What's happened to Lady Vondell? She's collapsed. I think it's something to do with the table. I think when we sent me into tomorrow, I mean, when tomorrow carried on happening and... Okay, time travel is really hard, Juna. I am so lost. <sighs> the thing is, you're, you're not lost. That's the important thing. You're not lost. I'm very lost. Oh. Huh. But I will just do what you say. Right. Let's just take this food upstairs so we can get back down and stop Ankidu. All right. At this point, Gina has finished clearing up vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> With bread. <laughs> With bread. With bread. <laughs> Which she turns over bread. and puts back on the plate. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. no. Can we get a description? Are we talking like sourdough or are we talking like the white bread? <laughs> really sourdough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's carrot cake. Uh, before i chunder myself so you uh head upstairs do you remember which door you were delivering it to little red door little red door i mean it's not a little door but it's it is red (laughs) normal size door (laughs) i just i I guess i thought it's a kid's bedroom it's it's a small door (laughs) (laughs) that's what normally happens yeah our doors grow as we do Um, so how are you are you knocking on the door are you just leaving the food outside what do you think Karen? what do you think we should do you're in charge let's knock on the door and let's leave it so we're we're ready to to meet them we need to meet them back on the on the outside the the bedroom all right puts the tray down Mm -hmm. i knock on the door so a few moments later it's opened and there's there's a little boy. He basically looks like Trimped, but he's very small. He stood at the door, looks at the food on the floor, looks back at you and says, Well, can you bring it in and just put it on the side? Thank you. And then he walks over and, like, jumps onto his bed, carries on, like, pulls out a book and carries on reading. Juna shoots Orin a look. Yeah, okay, yeah. Orin picks up the tray. Um, as you sort of walk in, like a lot of the other house, it feels like it has been cleared out a little bit. But at the same time, there are quite a few books still out and about. Clearly, this this young boy is is quite a voracious reader, and as he sat there, like he's he is skimming through the book like page after page, really quite fast, actually. What what are you reading? What 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 are you reading? Well, you wouldn't know it, would you? Might do. Why do you read books? Yeah. Oh. Well, we found this one out in the woods, so you definitely haven't read it. Well, it just so happens that me and Junior have been to the woods, so maybe we have. His eyes like go go wide. He's like he he, st- he puts the book down. He turns. He's like, "What do you mean you've been to the woods? We've had quite an adventure. I'll tell you about it if you tell me what that book is you're reading." I think you're a liar. Hmm. I think you're scared about what he's gonna say. I'm not scared. I haven't been to the woods, but my gamekeeper has been to the woods, and that's where he found this book. So I know people that have been to the woods, and I know that you haven't been to the woods. Huh. Haven't been to the woods? Uh, yes, I don't think you have. Because if you had been to the woods, you wouldn't have survived. Well, we must be tougher than we look. I tell you what, do you want to see something that we saw in the woods? What? Uh, <laughs> looking over at Juno. <laughs> <laughs> Orin reaches into his bag <laughs> and pulls out the, the cockatrice egg. Oh! That wasn't what Juno was going for, but that's so much cooler. What is that? Because that, huh? what is that? Something we found in the woods. Where in the woods did you find that? In a cave. A deep, dark cave. Yeah. Was it the same one that they found this book in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know where that is then? Could you take me? Well, just because I'm really enjoying this one, and I think that if they've got some more old books like this, that I'd really like them as well. I tell you what, if we take you into the woods, how about you lend us that book of yours? Well, no, because I'm reading it. Well, maybe we're going to go into the woods again. So maybe 
we could look out for another book for you. Okay. Yeah. If you bring back another book, I'll let you have this one. What is this? What's this book you're reading then? He sort of looks a little bit sheepish and he sort of closes it, shows you the cover. What languages do both of you speak? Common, gnomish and orc. Mm-hmm. The exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so neither, neither of you actually recognise the script that's, that's on it, the language that it's written in. See, there's no point in showing you because only, only us rich people are taught this language. What language is that then? It's celestial. <gasps> I tell you what, you're not wrong there. You speak celestial, do you? It's only for like really educated people. It's, really, it's a really good book. It's about, it's old stories about history and things that were happening back then. This one is, is telling all about Rumath. Uh, do you know Rumath Tarabor, the king, the first king? This is before he was even a king. David, do I know about Rumath Terrible? <laughs> Same question. <laughs> well, that's interesting, actually. Can you, can you both make history checks? Yeah. yeah, of course. Because neither of you are from Dravain. Um, 11. 13? 13. So Juna more than Orin. Orin's got, you vaguely heard the name before. Juna, you know that he was the first king of Dravain. Before him, it was just like a, a land of free people and like it was all quite chaotic. And then mm-hmm. he sort of established the whole country. Yeah, historically, you're vaguely aware of him. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, not, not a whole lot. This kid's like, uh, this is mentioning him as if this person knows him. So it's just really cool. Wow. That does sound really cool. Who's it written by? I don't know. Some, some mage, I think. Sir, Sir Velt, <gasps> which is really cool because there's a statue of him in, in town. There's a whole square named after him. So Is it indeed? Huh. Yeah. You're very knowledgeable. Well, that's because I'm reading this book. And I've read lots of books. You don't look like you've read many what's books. What's your favourite book? I haven't read a lot of books, truth be told. What's your, what's your favourite book? I like all sorts of books. There was one that Trimped had, but he says that I wasn't really allowed to tell other people that I'd read it. Oh, yeah. Why is that then? It was a bit rude. Huh. <laughs> what made it rude? Was it rude words? Were people doing rude things? People were doing very rude things. <laughs> That does not sound like an appropriate book for a lad of your age. No, that's why I'm not supposed to tell people that I've read it. Huh. It's either necromancy or porn, and I don't care which one. <laughs> or both. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, good, no, good. Steering you all away from that thought. <laughs> anyway, thank you for the food. You can go now. I want to carry on reading. But if you do find another book, I will trade you this one. Only if it's better. Yeah. That's good to know. It's lovely meeting you. Well, I met you earlier, but yes, I suppose. Thank you for bringing the food. And, uh, Oscar? Mm. All sorts of people read books, all right? All right. I love him. Orin, not Oskin. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oskin's a twat. Orin's, Orin's, Orin's my brother. He's my little bro. As, um, as you are just stepping out of, of Oskin's room, you hear a commotion downstairs. You hear Gaius and Enkidu coming in. They meet Jazana at the bottom of the stairs, who sounds quite panicked, and they, they all, all four of them, because you realise, Juna especially, like you, as you look over the banister, you see that Enkidu and Gaius are helping carry Lady Von Del's unconscious body upstairs towards you. I think Juna like, has a bit of a, like, you know where you feel like you've been hit by lightning, like out of shock, because what mm. Orin has said is going to happen is happened. Mm. And so I think she's like, Old lady leaning on stick. Moment. Juna, move out of the way. We gotta get this woman up to her bedroom. Quick. All right, come on. 
Are you helping us, Jasana? Yeah, it's over this way. Quit. It's by the following. Excuse me, Orin. Excuse me. Yeah, we'll uh, help, shall we? Yeah, we'll, we'll come and help you. No, it's right. Just get out of the way. And she and Jasana sort of shuffles past, lets you all into Lady Vondel's room. Orin is hanging back near Enkidu, just a sec. Enkidu and Gaius lay Lady Vondel onto the bed, and the, the room is is very nice. It's very plush. It's it's what you'd expect of a of a rich lady's private rooms. What are you all doing, Jasana? What are your instructions? What do you what do you want us to do? Uh, just lie you down on the bed. Now, she, she's fine. She normally rests up well. It, it happens to her. It happens quite often to her, unfortunately. But uh, thank you so much, y- young gentleman, for bringing her up. It's probably better if you just leave her now. Leave her to rest and, and she'll be fine. I, 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 can, I can tend to her. Don't you worry about that. Are you sure? It looks quite serious. No, no, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Like I say, she just needs rest. I can have a look at her if you want. I mean, feel free. If you can, if you can help her wake up at some point, that would be lovely. But no, truly, she, this is... It's been happening more and more just late, or just of late. So oh, it's dear. it's not something that we're not used to, unfortunately. So yeah, it's probably just better if you all leave. And she starts yep. sort of shuffling you toward the door. We're, we're all going to leave and we'll leave you to get on. And Kidu turns, he bows and says, I hope she, t- she makes a speedy recovery. And he takes Orin a step forward. <laughs> is going to stop, <laughs> if he can, <laughs> what he knows is about to happen. <laughs> Yeah, Orin, how are you reacting? Yeah, how are you stepping in? Okay, Orin is... Oh, God. Orin is just going to... If he can, if he's physically quite near Enkidu, because he was trying to be near Enkidu, he's just mm-hmm. going to try and reach out and grab Enkidu's arm. Enkidu, how do you how do you react? He's made contact, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you've bowed, you've prepared yourself for what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, Orin's hand is on your arm. Enkidu freezes. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not sure about what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm quite desperate. I'm looking around the room. I'm looking back at Orin. Um, Can I make an insight check in Orin? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I rolled 12. 12, okay. You don't necessarily know if Orin knows what you were intending, mm. but his his expression, his physicality is very much we need to leave. Like, there is a, 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 there is a tension in him. Cool. That you've not necessarily seen in the same way from him before. Okay. In this split decision, split moment, I also remember what was said to me up here outside as we were carrying her in. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of give a slow nod and I retreat backwards towards Aaron. Okay. We'll be leaving now, Jazana. Yes. No, it, yeah, okay. No, that's fine. I'm sure we'll send word once... Uh... Once we know if she's okay and, and, and reassure you all. But thank you so much for bringing her up. It really, it truly is appreciated. Thank you for yeah. your hospitality, Jasana. It's nice, nice no, it to has, see you again. It has been a pleasure. I'm sorry that it's had to end like this, but uh, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like I say, uh, off you go. And she does. She carries on shuffling you all out of the door. Just before she does, mm-hmm. if there's a chance to mutter to Guy, mm. I would just like to quietly mutter to Guy, give back the ring. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying as like we're slowly walking down the corridor. And Jazana has sort of closed the door, at least. She's sort of gone back into the room to uh, to tend to Lady Vondel. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about there, buddy. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think you should have it. I don't see no ring on this finger. If you like <laughs> it, put a ring on it. But I don't have one right now, so we need to get out of here, right? Come on, buddy, let's go. Just really? And I'm going to start think walking away. You shouldn't have it. Guy will like swivel onto his, swivel around on his heels look a little bit more at Orin and just be like so what let's go come on don't think we should be taking their stuff 
Okay, is this a private conversation between the two of you? What, what, what's going um, on? So I can imagine that Juna and Kidu are sort of slightly more ahead. Okay, fine. But you can hear that, that Gaius and, and Orin are chatting behind you as you've all started making your way slowly down the stairs. Oh no, is is this about that wand? What? What wand? No, 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 it's, it's fine, it's fine. It's just a private conversation. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> no, I, hang on. What wand? What, what are you talking about? No, no, it's fine. Like, I haven't got anything suspicious on me. And for some reason... No Orin... one said you had anything suspicious on you. What, what what are you talking about? That's true. No one did. Damn it. Um... Gaius. <laughs> Gaius. The ring? Okay, I was behind that. And I, I look at Juna and I, c- I cover my mouth like, oh, shit. Enkidu. We're getting nowhere with these people. Nowhere. We've been here for so long. We know nothing about them. Yes, I agreed to let him slip the ring off her finger because he might give us a clue and I and I get a weird presence when I touched her body she's 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 some danger to us so I, I let guys take the ring I thought it would be a clue and and, and, and he analyze Orin has a very confusing but very interesting story to tell us when we leave here I think let's just go let's just go and I love Best Stories just as much as the same person, but at the end of the day, it's the survival of the thriftiest. And for God's sake, if the ring falls into the grass as we're walking away from a tower, then that, that just happens. That's life. I think ca- then it should just stay in the grass. I think you should just drop it on the way out, and it's just, it fell off on the way, and we don't ever talk about it again. And you've gotten to the bottom of the stairs at this point, just as Trimpt and Gwendolyn arrive at the front door. <laughs> Oh, you're so funny, Trimped, really. Yes, it has been It has been a truly wonderful, but I, I must go see you to Mother now. Of course, of course, yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for everything that you've shared with me today. Of course. Of course. And he gingerly takes your hand, holds it in his, and then bows to kiss it. Holds it again. Says, uh, thank you, everybody. And walks off up the stairs toward his mother's room. We uh, made a move, I we're think. Leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving. Absolutely. Let's uh, go. Okay, let's leave then. As we turn to walk away, Juna turns to Gwen and says, He reads porn, you know. <laughs> Who? Trimped. Trimped. <laughs> Dirty books. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. <laughs> you all seem a little bit tense what's going on I, I'm, I'm sure you're all worried about lady von del but, uh, let's probably discuss this as we go yeah, not for the reason you think yeah let's let's go can i ask guys a question mm-hmm. okay you can find a ring in the grass easily enough but uh how do you find a wand in your garden friend answer me that riddle okay we can talk about this maybe a little bit anon anon trust okay trust me i'll tell you i'll tell you fine i'll tell you i'll tell you but like we gotta get going apparently orange gotta be in his butt right and none then. I feel like Guy is the last person to, to walk out the door with Orin looking back with him at him very seriously. And at that, Guy sort of like feeling like the weight in his pocket has been like thumbing the ring for the last, this whole discussion and just puts it on the table just by the door. <sighs> and then remembers it fell down and like drops on the floor and then walks out and is like, <laughs> and actually gives like Orin a shove with his shoulder as he walks past him. Ooh. Orin will happily take it. Uh, so you make your way, all of you, straight out of the uh, out of the front gate. Before we get near the police station. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you cross over the bridge toward the town? Yeah. Before we get there, Orin is going to just say, remember this later when I explain something to you. We're about to have an interaction at the police station involving our landlord friend. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think right. he can see into the future now. He knew Lady what? Von Dell was going to fall down. He said that she was going to faint, and then she did. Wow. So he was looking at it through a window. Maybe that doesn't explain much. I'm very interested to see. I mean, I'm... Oh my goodness, that was that felt like the longest luncheon I have ever attended. <laughs> it really was just... I I feel like I can breathe again. I feel like I've just been, you know, on tenterhooks the whole time. So I just, oh my God, that was horrific. Um, But I feel like I've got lots of good information for you all. And Orin, I'm I'm willing to go with, oh my goodness, yes. And Orin, if you say you can see into the future, I'm going to believe you because, oh my goodness, the things we learned. And as you round the corner toward the guardhouse, you see a small crowd gathered outside uh, on the steps is a chap, obviously, that Orin knows to be Captain Stolen Crestfall, but everybody else is the first time seeing him. Uh, and he's a very official-looking looking guy, and he's talking with Iris. Iris leading the crowd, who's saying, you got a quick stalling. Uh, we know that a doctor's missing. You, you just got, you got to be honest. You, you can't keep something like that from all of us. And he's like, well, that's just, uh, that's an opinion, Iris. Uh, we have been trying very hard to keep the, the situation under control, but... Uh, we have seen her heading into the woods. The investigation is underway. So if you could all disperse, and uh, once we have new information, then we will share the news with you all. Orin, you were right. <laughs> he can see into the future. Guy gives Enkudi a, a, like, a, a surprise like, glance to the left, like, what the hell? Is it, what the hell is this? You know what? I was actually going to consider telling them about the letter we found the other day, but then... Orin's words just now, I, for some reason I can't dismiss it out of hand. How did he know that Constabulary would, we haven't spoken to them, you know, that sounds a bit ridiculous, but the thought was there. I had the beginnings of a plan to offer my services to them to help them find the Doctor. Hopefully it will connect us to the Vondells, but... Yeah, that's what we did. Wait. That's what we tried. Wait, wait, okay, sorry, just back up for a second, back up for a second, because you said that we did? What do you mean by that? Wait, what? Yeah. David, are we in the crowd or are we kind of like, where are we at the moment? Are we um, kind so of you're like... just before the crowd. Are you going to sort of skirt around it to get to the knocking point or are you going to head somewhere else? I think we should go to the knocking point. I think we should go to the knocking point. It's like a, you know it to be a fairly secure place. You've all got rooms there. So it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you ignore the crowd, pass around them, pass through Savelt Square. Yeah, make your way back to the knocking point, head upstairs, settle into the room and... and Everybody turns to look toward Orin. Right. Okay. This is really hard to explain, and I can I can state that categorically because I've just tried to explain it to Juno, and I don't think I've done a very good job. I didn't understand a word he was talking about. Well, you could yeah. you could see into the future. No, that- I, I didn't see into the future. I went into the. We all went into the future into into what I guess is a possible future, because I have just lived through. Quite a 24 hours, let me tell you. And I do not want to live through that same 24 hours again. What, did something bad happen? Of course it did. Look at his face. Yeah, he vomited. He vomited when he remembered the tomorrow land. Where you vomited in the house? What, what, where were you at Don't the worry. time then? Don't worry, we cleared it up with some bread. What? <laughs> Besides the point. Cut to Oscar in his bedroom, picking up a piece of bread, being like, Bleh. <laughs> Serves him right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't want, I don't know how much I want to 
go into all the details of what happened, but we made some really bad decisions yesterday. I'm just glad that we've got a chance to have another go and try and make some better decisions this time. When you say yesterday, do you mean today? Yeah. Certainly does sound confusing. Yeah. Mm. It feels like yesterday for me. So then to clarify then, because this is all a bit crazy sounding, you have seen like an alternate timeline sort of thing, like a series of events which we did and it all didn't work out well. And then you somehow jump back to to now. And yeah, that's why you knew about the meeting and why you were so antsy about us leaving. And mm. Well, hang on. You've lived through today already but you have come back which would explain why none of us remember what happens today because it hasn't happened to us yet it's only we did set the dial to one day into the future and we thought i thought we both thought that that we'd gone into the future but actually what you're talking about is that it fast forwarded to the future and brought us back again yeah but it's only you who remember because you were the one that did the magic Oh, how thrilling. You know, this reminds me of a book I read back home. It was um, called uh, The Doctor Who Nobody Knows Who His Name Is. And um, and he talked about <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey. And um, this, oh, how thrilling, Oren. You've been on quite an adventure. Well, I, what, what do you mean the dial thing? Like, how did you do the timey wimey thing then? Like, what, what? Yeah. Well, on the table, in this room, there was this table. The, the room that you nicked the wand from. That you nicked a wand? We don't need to go into those details right now. Uh, carry on, oh, sir. Um, there was a table that I'm assuming you saw, Guy, that had the dials on. So me and Juna, we, we put our heads together. We read the runes, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And we figured out that, that it was about time. So we set it for 24 hours in the future. And we thought, both of us thought, we had travelled 24 hours into the future. It was basically. very exciting for a very short-lived minute. Was the magic yeah. divination of some sort? Were you able to tell? I didn't... Yes. Did I check? Yes. Yes, it <laughs> was check. divination. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, <laughs> it was divination. divination. <laughs> so the Vondels have some kind of power to look or have to experience a chance to come back and rewrite time as they sit fit. That makes a lot of sense from what Trimpt was telling me about his, his mother knowing about something terrible is going to happen. And, and the way she spoke at luncheon, she, she spoke as if she knew something that had happened in the future, confused. Uh, it reminded huh. me of the way that Crowl was speaking here. He was very confused about when things were happening and, and what time. So, well, that maybe that's all connected. Yeah. I think they've, they've both used this table quite a bit. <gasps> Messes with your brain. Hang on. Going from what your experience is, you've experienced a whole day and you've come back to us at this time, right? Yeah. And Lady Vardendale has seen some kind of disastrous future. That means... She has lived out a number of years, many, many years, as far as we know. And that clock has sent her back to before, to the day that she set the clock. So having all these timelines and all these years of experience must be deteriorating her mind somehow. She, might, she may be inexperienced, may, much older than her body actually is, or her mind. Well, per- perhaps she's using that book that we found in the, in the lodge to help keep herself young. Maybe that's why they need so many things that does make a lot of sense yeah if if your body ages i don't i don't know if your body ages or not when you experience it did you use up any items in your travel back did you get them back when you came back through time i didn't use any items i 
use my magic? Can I feel into my, can I tap into my, into the source of my magic and see if so, it feels like it's there? What you can, what you do notice is, um, obviously you had a night preparing for the escapade into, that eventually killed everyone, that everything that you'd <laughs> well, prepared spoilers. all of your items to do for that, it's as if you haven't re- prepared yeah. them. So this, like, you get the, the, the impression that this was just a, like a vision, like a yeah, a mental experience, Rather and nothing physical... physically has changed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel I explain that. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes. You mentioned that we made some very bad choices in the yesterday tomorrow. Yeah. What are the choices that we need to not make? Well, guys took that ring. I don't know if that was a mistake or not. I've just I just had a really bad feeling about it. I don't know if taking the wand is a mistake or not. I've I've got no idea, but. The thing that we cannot do is we cannot go back to that house. What? Right. What, hap- what happens if we go back to the house? Is there something about the tower? Yeah, we went to the tower. Oh, I have a password when for the tower the now. Password, yes. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why didn't it work? I don't know. Oh. But Trimpt seems to trust me so much. He, he really, I mean, he could be seemed quite deceiving sincere. you. That's what he does. That's how he trapped the other girls. I mean, no. This was, well, actually, I don't care. I mean, he deceived the other girls. You don't care about what? I mean, maybe he played you like the other girls around the town that we've heard about. <laughs> I think you'll find I'm playing him far more than he's playing me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was able to get that information from him. I was able to get him to trust me enough to show me into the tower, which underneath, may I tell you all, is something quite elaborate. And I don't, well, I mean, I would say what unbelievable, but after we're talking about time travel, perhaps not. Underneath the tower... Brother Orin Quill, did we get inside this tower in this alternate time? Like, oh, wow, so... I've seen into the tower today. I have seen into the tower an hour ago, if you'd let me finish my sentence. Go on, go on. What happened? Underneath the tower is an entire replica of the manor house. So the manor house that we went into today, there is another one underneath with daylight. His mother is preparing for something. They're, they're expecting something terrible to happen. Did he say when he thought it might happen? Because if, if she can do what, what Orin's clearly done, then maybe she's to be believed. And she must be seeing into the future a lot because he, he said that this is happening, that the fainting is happening a lot, which is connected to her magic. Perhaps it was connected to you seeing into the future, Orin. Yeah, that's what I think. I think when, when me and Juna set that table off, that triggered a, some sort of episode or some sort of collapse from from her i don't know maybe she's used it so much she's sort of linked to it in some way now maybe you said there were ones in the room right three of them did the ones activate when you activated the table no guy yeah did something go off after lady vandell fainted did you feel anything okay so like i was a bit of an opportunist and like i went upstairs and had a look around trying to investigate i I saw the table and i was going to tell you guys all about it and then i picked up a wand and then all of a sudden everyone got really defensive and uh, <laughs> no basically like the wand did nothing in my back pocket i don't know maybe it was just like some spare wands i don't know if it was anything to do with i mean look at it and i'll just like sh- whip it out and show it to the guys it's a gnarly nasty looking basic stick like a hp pencil yeah perfect a chewed hp oh, do we get pencil. to make the same jokes again <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah wow we are repeating the past <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh Guys, I can tell you that it's to do with necromantic. Necromantic? Necro- Why can't I say that word? Necromantic. Oh, oh yeah. It's a necromantic. necromantic. Sure. 
So this, Necromantic. This will fetch a, a tidy sum then. Yeah, I don't know if selling it's a great plan. So that is another link to them and the undead creatures in the woods. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we ended up. Well, we ended up going back to the tower. I, I don't know. Did we talk about going to the woods yesterday, tomorrow, in your mind? We did. We talked about going to the woods. We talked about going to the sewers. And I explain about the sewers. <laughs> okay. Um, what we learned in the police station about the disappearance of the, the barrels from the other pub and that the police have investigated the sewers. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. And we talked about going to the house. We had a vote. I voted for the woods. I was outvoted. Well, I would probably vote and we went for the, to the woods, house. I would imagine, because there's so much pointing us in that direction. We've got Matrim with that spell book. We've got um, Metz Crollin, uh, the, the sister who, well, trapped all of you in that cave or conned you into that cave. Uh, we've got Kralovin Savelt, who we met in the woods. And of course, there's the witch to still see if we can help Mia. <gasps> oh, we saw a book. We saw a book. That that little kid, Oskin, he's reading a book that's written in Celestial. We couldn't we couldn't read it, could we, Orin? Well, I could have done, but I chose not to let on. I could read Celestial too. Did you get a peek in what it was inside? No, well, I have to activate this and he pulls out a quill oh, yeah. from about his person. He just runs his finger down the quill and he's like, I'd have had to have activated this and got my hands on the book for it to work. But mm. next time. But he's reading, he's reading this book where Cervell knew Rumath Tarabor before he was king. It's some sort of old story. He reckons um, the gamekeeper got it from Matrim. the woods, Matrim, and um, yeah. he's very keen on it all, isn't he? And he reckons if we can get him another book, he'll uh, he seems swap to think it. there might be other books out in the forest. Mm. I feel like we're going to find a lot of answers out there. Gwendolyn, what did you just say? Um, I was talking about Matrim, Metz, Kralavinsavelt, the witch. Um, we need to hang on. Be- there, you said you met Kralavinsavelt. Well, I'm assuming the creature that we met in the woods called Kral is Kralavin Savelt. If that's entire possible, he could be centuries old. You and you as well, guy, you were there. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a weirdo and like and he talks about time and he th- it's, it's a very like bizarre sort of situation. I feel like if there was a board here there'd be lots of red threads all pointing towards this guy. I think we should find this man as soon as we can. I think you're right. Juno, did Oscar tell us who what the first name of Savelt was? Kralovin. Did he say Kralovin? He didn't. But... Oh, he did. He, he, no, he didn't. I just thought I hadn't written it down. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, that's why I was pondering it, because I just wrote down Savelt and just realised. Uh, no, he didn't. But obviously the, same, the, um, yeah, the necromancy book from, from the Hunter's Lodge is also written by Kralovin Savelt. Yeah. I think we have our connection, guys. And also he, he's something to do with the way things run. He's something to do with how Rumath Taribor came to set up this new... I want to say new world order, but that's not right. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, well, this country. Yeah. Oskin said that Savelt had written the book and it sounded like he had met mm. Tarabor. Mm. So he must be... Very old. Centuries old? Very, very old. My history's a bit shaky. DM, do we, do we know how old... Um, Gwendolyn, make a history check. Yes, thank you. I was thinking this is going to be my wheelhouse. <laughs> I was going to say, out of everyone, you're probably the most well-read in, in Dravanian mm. history. But apparently I can't remember it very well today because I only got a 13. So I'll tell you that for 13. It's about 600 years ago that the Accords were signed. Um, So that's roughly when Rumath was around. He could be over 600 years old. I think we're dealing with somebody very powerful here. Maybe he's not even alive. Maybe he's dead and his necromancy has kept him 
tied to this plane. Maybe Kral is the witch in the woods. He said he was looking for the witch in the woods, though. If we try and find the witch, then we'll find him. Sounds like a very good plan. I've just had a thought. There were three wands, right? Yeah. We know, Guy, the one that you've got is something to do with necromancy, yeah? Yeah. What if that's Kral's wand? There were two other wands, and that could be the sisters. Maybe, but like this one is not necessarily to do with life as far as I DM. Have I been able to like suss out from my time with this wand what it can do? Chris knows, but... <laughs> In your back pocket. <laughs> Um, you're probably, like, having spent um, some time now looking at it, but as the conversation's going on, sort of you have a little play, you figure out roughly what it does. I don't know whether or not you've ever necessarily attuned to something in the same way as you're, like, holding it and playing with it in your hands whilst this conversation's going on. The knowledge of what it does comes to you. Okay. It's quite a cold feel, but then you know instantly what it is that it does. Whoa, I feel like someone's just stepped over my grave here. <laughs> Orin goes pale. It's, it's a bit of a weird one because... Uh... So this just saps your strength. It doesn't do anything to, like, dead, undead. It's about sapping your strength. So it's useful in a scuffle or in a fight. But the other ones, there was, like, a, like a, one covered in stars, one covered in waters. Honestly, I think the ones have nothing to do with what we're looking at right here. I think the ones are just like, you know, hey, she's a sorcerer. She's got magic. She has some various things stepped aside. Maybe some broomsticks that get out and like clean the whole place while no one's around. I don't know. Or knock out unsuspecting strangers in the woods when they will be on their guard usually. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the wands have anything to do with it. Maybe not. But I do think you're right in that we have to go to like the witch to find more answers to work this out. Because if there's a big danger that's coming towards this place, I feel like we're invested enough and we have to find out how we can help yes yeah. yeah yeah besides i don't feel safe until the vandals are dealt with well yeah we'll get to them absolutely but we need to know some more things don't we enkidu put them on ice for a split second let's go to the witch sort that out come back with some new answers fresh ideas and then kick butt. absolutely i think we're fine putting them on ice for the moment they think guy is potentially going to work for them they think i'm going to marry their son which is ridiculous and you have a day to answer these questions don't you we do at the moment we're in a position of power they want things from us we're certainly more powerful than most people you might meet in this town yeah maybe but we're not more powerful than them no we're not and i don't think i'm ready to come up against the vondels just yet I mean, I'm all, I'm all right in the scrape, but I wouldn't necessarily put myself in front of a, a big old sorceress or someone that knows magic. Orin, what do you think we should do? <sighs> the problem is, I only know one possible future. We've already deviated from that, which, don't get me wrong, I'm mightily glad we have. But from, from now on, guys, we're going into the unknown. It was always the case ever since we stepped into this town. Then I think we go into the woods. As long as we're going away from that house... I'm happy. I would just recommend maybe perhaps then, Gwen, if we've got attachments to the to the family, maybe we want to um, send a little message just saying, hey, we're going off to like a temple just to get some, you know, divine decisions on our big life choices. So maybe just give us a few days to spare. Sure. Keep the rules up. I'll, I'll write that down and I'll, I'll, um, I'll leave it here with Iris and he can hand it to them if they come to inquire about us. Oh, we should ask Iris if he can give us some supplies before we make our way into the woods. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, let's go. Hello to you, our wonderful listeners. 
Thank you for tuning in once again to No Small Roles. As our party navigate their deja vu, I'm here to tell you that our fabulous Beginner's Guide to D&D has been released as a bonus episode. There's lots of helpful information to listen to and it's there as a reference whenever you need. Of course, there are many more subjects to cover, so listen out for more guides in the future and let us know if there are any topics you would love us to cover. Speaking of bonus content, we'll be doing another episode of No Small Recap this week a great way to get caught up or just refresh your mind on episodes six to nine a lot has happened though some of it we need to forget well except for Orin, that is. Anyway, for this upcoming episode of No Small Recaps, we will be joined by friend of the show, our superfan, Sam. Sam is currently performing in an open-air production of Hamlet, so for more information on that, go to hamletonthebeach.com. Superfan Sam will also be joining us the week after to grill members of the cast on our first episode of No Small Questions. Oh yes, that's right, even more bonus content. Our superfan Sam has lots of questions to ask us but we'd also love to hear your questions so if you're burning to know more about the cast or characters tag us in your questions on twitter or instagram at no small roles or add your questions to a handy questions thread that i will start on our facebook page to find us on facebook simply search no small roles we spell roles r-o-l-l-s like a tootsie roll which I have never tried. I don't even know if you can get them in the UK, but uh, what do they taste like? That's my question to you, the listeners. Our delightful Vicky is still touring the south of England in The Tempest with the awesome Open Bar Theatre Company. They're getting incredible reviews and most of the shows are sold out. However, there are some tickets available, so get them while you can. And if you fancy bringing some Shakespeare to you, you can. With Bard in the Yard, our very own Ben Galpin is one of a team of bards who can bring a one-man show about Shakespeare to your garden or yard. For more information, go to www.bardintheyard.com. Thank you for choosing to listen to No Small Roles. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we really appreciate you giving us your time. If you are enjoying the show, please do leave us a positive review and rating on iTunes. It's a really great way of helping more lovely listeners like yourselves to find us. Huge thanks to those of you who have already rated us, and bonus thanks this week goes to Pippa B90 for your lovely review. Don't forget to subscribe to us on whichever podcasting app you prefer to subscribe on and follow us on all the social media. That's all from me for now. Let's take you back to the adventure. So, yep, you all get to business. Um, Some of you run downstairs uh, and Iris actually isn't there because he's still out dealing with the crowd whilst Gwendolyn writes her letter. After a a while or so, Iris does come back, but most of the crowd has come back with him. Oh, wow. And all of them are grumbling, discussing like their disappointment in the in the guard, in the fact that the doctor's missing, and that they don't trust that the guard are doing enough. So some of them are discussing what they can do, but then obviously the topic of going into the woods keeps coming up, and everyone keeps not wanting to do that. Iris is quite heavily involved in all of those conversations, so trying to get a hold of him is quite tricky. But at one point sort of you you do catch his ear mention that you want some food and he just sort of gestures toward the kitchen and goes yeah go on help yourself iris also just a quick one you don't have any like being a pub like a first aid kit or something we can borrow well not really normally we go to the doctor for that but uh what have we got i think we've got we got we've got some some bandages or something back there i got some well no i don't have that anymore that would have gone with the brewery
Any Alka Seltzers or anything? Anything you want from the kitchen? Like you just help yourselves. All right. What 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 would have gone with the brewery? Just out of interest. I was going to suggest some like straining material at the very um, least to ba- to bind something. You know. Yeah. I, I slip him. Well, I give. I don't have much friend, but um, I give him three gold. Well, that is appreciated. Thank you for that. That's all I got then. Three gold to my name. Thank you very much, kind sir. Sorry, can't be more. Well, you're doing enough. You are. You're investigating. How, how is the investigation going, by the way? We have a pretty good lead, but we cannot tell you what it is. We only ask that you trust us to see this through for you. All right. Well, you know, I want to trust you as much as I trust the guard at this point. I'll be honest, it's not a whole lot, but well, you give I'll me free it. gold, so at least you endeared me to that. So. <laughs> cool. And he turns back into a, to a conversation with, with some of the other locals. Shall we go then? Forth to adventure. <laughs> to adventure. To adventure. Is it worth it? You know, as all these... Um, locals, uh, they're too scared to go into the woods themselves. Perhaps they might help us out as well. Maybe they can give us some things that we might need. Yeah. yeah. Directions would be nice. Well, we've got those instructions from Matrim if we um, believe them. I, Grace, can't remember them, but I hope Gwendolyn can. Follow follow the river. To a bog. There we go. <laughs> yeah, last time we got the guard on board, but maybe this time we can get the town on board instead yeah but we don't want to spend too long here though we need to because like what yeah. what time of day is it yeah by this point it's it's probably mid-afternoon sort of four or five o'clock by the time sort of luncheon has happened and you've made your way back had a whole discussion prepared yourself it's, it's not quite sunset yet but it is pushing on toward evening time it's a large forest we better get moving soon we don't want to make our journey in the dark we're going into the woods would anybody like to give us money once we've gone into the woods is what Juna says. She doesn't Juna, know how to do Juna, this. Juna says, says, no, what is this? No, not Hang Juna. On. Does she now? <laughs> I've got my own character's name. <laughs> Just look on, look on the Zoom if you get confused. <laughs> my name is Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn says that. And Kidu sees that and puts his hood on. It's so Gwen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the, the crowd does, does look up. And Iris is like, what, what do you mean you're heading into the woods, Gwendolyn? We're going to... Go and do what you need us to do, because we are very brave and adventurous people. I just told this man I couldn't tell him what we were doing for him, for his own safety. And you just announced it to the whole populace. I just said we're going to the woods. I didn't tell him all the other things that we know, did I? I mean, I could tell him, but I'm not going to tell him. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Don't mind these two folks. They're having a little bit of a love tiff. It's all good. Don't worry. (laughs) If anybody wants to like give us Loved a bit of a, hey, let's like let's not air our dirty laundry out in front of uh, all these lovely fine people as we're trying to pitch the goddamn no, confidence. Your dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> and Kidu walks outside. So nobody wants to give us anything, any anybody potions, anything like that. Make a persuasion check, Gwendolyn, <laughs> with advantage because Juna is sort of helping. Orange, Orange, just going to follow Enkidu out, <laughs> having. <laughs> Singers and Kidu did it for him yesterday. He's going to be like, okay. Uh, that is a 10. A 10. Mm. They look around a little bit and, and most of the muttering is, oh, I don't have anything to give. Like, they're probably going to die. So what's the point in giving them anything? You get that sort of, those sort of mutterings going through. But Iris does sort of step up to you, Gwendolyn, and sort of in a more hushed voice is like, what are you going into the woods for, Gwen? It's, it's dangerous out there. I saw you when you came in and you've just been through. You were not in a good state. We've got some things that we think are going to help us. Like Enkidu said, I can't tell you the other things, what's going on, of course. That's something completely different, but things are leading us to the woods, so 
we're going to see that if, if we can find out the answers we need there, hopefully we're going to be helping more people than just you. That's very sweet of you, but be careful. Don't be foolish. Any danger comes up to you, you run, all right? Oh, you don't understand. We are the danger. Uh, <laughs> I will just walk out <laughs> and hit the wall on the way out, but just still. Like, <laughs> Remember our faces. We'll be heroes when we return. And she follows Guy. Juna turns around to Iris and says, I wouldn't underestimate that one, and then follows out after Gwen. All right. <laughs> you just leave the entire crowd inside the knocking point, <laughs> like dumbstruck. Watching each of you leave one by one, like, who are these people? And then J- Juna sticks her head back in and says, Nothing, no one wants to give us anything. <laughs> Nothing. It's like no response, mutterings again. Okay, bye. Give us your dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so, all of you outside, which direction are you heading to the woods? So, the, the way you went before was sort of the way that you'd came in, because that's what you knew. But then, Orin, you know that when you went into the woods in the sort of alternate timeline, You'd crossed over the bridge and walked past the shrouded chapel, following the river that way. Yeah, and that that was heading to the river. That seemed like a good, quick way to the river. Yeah. So yeah, you were following okay. the river. Is that the route that you're going to lead? Yeah. So I'll suggest to the others that um, that we head that way. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a shortcut. So yeah, you make your way through the town again, then um, over the bridge with Vondel Estate to your to your right. You turn left instead, following the the river, and there is a bit of a path there because it leads to the graveyard. Which, again, Orin, you saw in the darkness uh, the night before, the following night. You saw it. (laughs) You see, it's complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) But for the rest of you, obviously, you've not seen it yet. And in the setting sun, it is quite beautiful. The the main temple in the centre of it um, has got sort of a shrouded woman that all of you know to be the shrouded lady, uh, like an effigy Mm -hmm. of the goddess. Interestingly, Orin, as you're passing the night before she sort of in the darkness it looked like she was stood there with with wings and a hand outstretched but this time her hand her hands are clasped in front of her that's so oh. weird Orin is just going to double take at that Orin gonna... are you alright you look like you might be sick again quick get the bread no <laughs> no I'm, I'm okay Oh, that's this. That's uncanny. Something bad happened just before you got here, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Is it better that we don't know? Yeah. Then I'll choose to trust you. Do you want to keep walking? Yeah. All right. As we're um, going through the forest, you know, dodging roots and branches and things, mm-hmm. a guy would just like to keep at pace with Orin. And just like give him a nudge on his shoulder and just be like, listen, Oren, buddy, I'm an opportunist. I've lived on the road for a while. I see something valuable. I go for it because that's how I get my chance at survival for the next week. I just don't want there to be any hard feelings about like the ring. I thought you were trying to be a goody two-shoe, but you were actually looking out for me. And uh, that's not what I'm kind of used to. So... Sorry if I seemed a bit uh, off earlier on, but I just wanted to say, like, you know, you've got my back, I've got yours. Thanks. Thanks, Kai. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was probably a bit, a bit direct with you there. Just, just had a really bad feeling about you taking that ring. Hey, you know what? I liked you direct. It suited you. 
And I'll just give him a pat on the back and keep on going. Nice. So you, uh, you head into the woods, uh, like you say, through all of the, the roots and trees and climbing over rocks and sort of dipping into little valleys made with streams. You, you try to follow the river as close as you can, but obviously it is quite difficult to rain and the night presses on. You do hear lots of animalistic noises around you in the darkness. Which animals? Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads of oh, yeah. sort of bird sounds. There's just rustling and like running through through broken twigs and things as, as animals have clearly darted away from you. As you uh, okay, so we, they're not up for conversation. Not necessarily <laughs> conversational. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. More just like, like as, as the five of you are moving through an area that does not see a lot of, of people activity, the wildlife is, is escaping from you a little bit. How long do you walk through the night before you stop to rest? How much light do we get from the moon? I mean, we can see in dark vision. But... It's, it's not that full a moon, unfortunately. With the, the sheer amount of, of covering from the trees, you might get patches of clearing where you can see the, the sky and sort of clouds passing over stars. But mm. actually, for most of it, you're so covered from, from the foliage that, that you can't see the moon at all. Well, if we're under good cover, can we pick out a spot to rest for the night? Yeah, if somebody wants to make a survival check, I'll let you have advantage if you're all looking. Yeah, like to Not be me. keeping a lookout as we're going for just like the safest looking place to stay, like mm. the, somewhere that seems mm. like maybe it's a little bit higher, so we'd be able to see anything coming up towards us if there is, if it's hilly at all. I yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there are quite a few spots that match that. There's a few like bits that sort of drop off into cliffs. Not dangerous cliffs, probably like ten foot drops, but enough mm. that you you know that. At least one side is going to be protected. Yeah. Uh, from anything coming at you. Yeah. Make a quick survival check. Did you say it was an advantage? Yes, because you're all sort of helping scout out somewhere. That's uh, eighteen. Nice. Oh, lovely. Yeah. You find a really, really good spot. You've got a nice drop to one side, but also the trees around are slightly more spread out, so that you could you've got quite a good view in almost every direction. Uh, for anything coming as we've been walking i've been because i've been silent as we've been walking um through the the woods on our way um mm-hmm. i've been looking out for uh sticks that i would use for my security sticks <laughs> yeah and you found quite a few as well enough that you f- you feel like you've got a really secure perimeter nice as you all bunk down who wants to take watch how are you resting up anything that you guys want to do as you as you take a long rest guy is going to attempt to make a really good shelter that he watched when he was first with Gwen <laughs> and try and like replicate that to the best as I can. Make a survival check. Natural 20. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, Gaius. Yes. He's learning. Gaius has learned. Gwen is so yeah. proud. Yeah, Gwendolyn, as Gwendolyn's arranging the security sticks, she's just like, uh, like watching from afar. And this is one of the best little shelters you've seen, Gwendolyn. Not only are you certain that it is secure, it looks really good as well. Oh. Gaius's little flourishes have just made it look artistically beautiful. Oh, Guy, I knew you were a true artist. That's, um, that's really cheered me up seeing how well you've done that. Oh, thank you. I don't like the colour palette, but you know, the structure seems fine. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put a jacuzzi over there or uh, next time. But... <laughs> but no, I, I learned from the best. And I will... Whistle down and get to sleep. Is anybody taking first watch? Yeah, I don't uh, mind taking, taking first watch. Gwendolyn is going to try and take a watch with Enkidu. <gasps> We're all going to stay up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably volunteered at the same time. So I was like, I'll take first. And then like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay then. Oh, 
And Kitty will do watch together then. I tell you what, when you're done, Orin and I will take the next watch. Yeah, we'll take over afterwards. Great. Gives Juno a slight look. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a dick just for going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Oh I'll, I'll say with that natural 20, Gaius, that with the natural 20, the, um, your shelter is big enough to, to house everyone that's sleeping. Aww. So, you know, it's, it's quite a wide berth. You've, everyone's like, he's worked hard. He, he deserves to sleep. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Gwendolyn and Kidu, whilst the others are sleeping, you two are alone. Mm-hmm. You're awake. Are you watching out for anything? Are you talking? Are you sat near each other? Um, I'm going to sit looking back the way we came. I'm near Enkidu, but I'm looking the other way. It's almost like back to back, but not that close. Socially distant back to back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's quite tense and she's got her arms crossed. She kind of whispers back to him. She, she is looking out, so I suppose I should do a perception check for yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to make a perception check now, or when <laughs> you've just you've just volunteered for a random encounter. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, okay, ten. Ten. You're, you're keeping a good eye out, and you can't see anything moving. Your security sticks aren't snapping anywhere, so you're you're fairly happy that you can have a conversation if you want one. Enkidu, what have I actually done to you to make you behave this way to me? Enkidu turns from his like. He's like a slightly seated, like legs folded, and he turns kind of incredulous. I only have one thing to say to you, and you need to remember this. Our lives and other lives are on the line here, and I need you to act like it and turn back. <laughs> I don't know what you think I'm doing, but I care more about the people that we're with and the people that are around us than I think you could possibly even fathom. The way you just came at me in the tavern, I did not say anything. The thing that would have put him in danger is telling him about Matrim and Dahlia, telling him that there's any connection to the Vondels. That would have put him in danger. I said we were going to the woods. There is perfect reason for us to go to the woods because everybody was talking about going to the woods. I no way put him in danger, but you're so quick to step on everything I say. If we work together, we can work so much better. You don't think things through. You really don't. We just left the Vondel's estate and we know they're connected to whatever happens in the woods. And what? You tell them, how is word not going to go back to them that they're out there that we could potentially find out whatever secret they have that's here? I turn back in silence and I'm trying to meditate. Obviously looking out, but I'm trying to like mm-hmm. still my mind because I know that nighttime is not, it's not a fun fun time of day you just won't give me a chance and she walks a bit further in the way that she's looking in <sighs> do either of you talk to each other for the rest of the watch no how no <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness cool as uh, Gwendolyn made a check at the top of that and Kidu can you make a perception check at the end I don't get any advantage of my super dark vision do I no 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 then that is a grand total of seven. Seven. Again, because you're trying to meditate, because of the conversation that you've had with Gwendolyn, like both yeah. of you are having this like little rage inside your own little heads. You're not saying it out loud because essentially you've both got the same opinion from what I can tell is that the other <laughs> yeah. person is not listening. <laughs> so you're both like, mm. after, after maybe sort of three or four hours, the tiredness starts getting to the two of you and 
one by one, you both go and wake Juna and Orin up and swap over. I can imagine that you take either side of Gaius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gwendolyn is quite happy on the absolute edge of the um, the shelter just to be as far away from Enkindu as possible. Gaius is the Labrador in the middle. Oh. <laughs> Gaius just like nuzzles and goes, next time I'll make bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> but Orin and Juna, you're then awake together. Can one of you make a perception check now, please? Do you want to? No, you go no? for it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll do one later. Oh, no. It's landed on the corner of my book and it's either an eight or a natural 20. Shall I re-roll? <laughs> re-roll? You have to re-roll again. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh, that's not as good. Or it's better? Uh, eight. Oh, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you, you don't see anything. You have a quick look around. You listen out for any little animals, but you can't really hear anything either. How are you feeling, Orin? Um, better out of out of there i feel like every step that we've taken away from that house means that that future's not happening so is there anything you want to want to get off your chest get out your system he just sort of stares at, at juna for a, for a minute um no She puts her little arm around him and gives him guidance for when he needs it. So you got a four, uh, D4. Oh, Thanks. You don't have to talk about it, but whenever you're ready, if you are, I'm here for you, Orin. Thanks, Juno. I think you're braver than you realise you are, Orin, and I respect that. Huh. Yeah, don't know. It's all right, Orin. We can make that our little secret. <laughs> but I know. I know. Thanks. Just, I'm just glad we got a chance to try something different. I feel like I made some bad choices in the other, in the other time. Yeah, but was it you or was it us? You can't, you can't carry this whole thing on yourself just because you're the one who remembers. No, I know. I'm not saying I blame myself for everything, but that doesn't mean that I didn't make bad choices still. We all make bad choices. It's how we learn from them that matters, and I feel like you... Seem like you've learnt something very valuable. So whatever happened in this other future was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad it's... As long as it stays there. Will you just tell us if it doesn't? We believe you. Yeah. Thanks, Juna. Should we split a uh, twain-tied tea? I nicked <laughs> this from the kitchen. Go on, have a little cup. Yeah, okay. Can I do that, DM, just for flavour? <laughs> After all the shit, guys. After all the shit you gave Gaius, Juno's <laughs> been in the pantry. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like Orin, Orin will get out his his blowtorch and he'll just just set it just quite low and just warm up some water for the tea. Nice, nice, it's nice. Yeah, so it's not a huge flame. It's just a nice little a little bubble. You both got two warm little cups. Yeah, um, out of your out of your your travel packs. And you sit for the rest of the rest of the few hours. Um, can you make a perception check, please? Yeah. I'm just going to say that Orin sort of is fiddling with the mechanical contraption for some of the time when he, when he can. Yeah, you've got plenty of time to do that. I was about to roll a d12. Don't know why. Wrong dice. <laughs> Glad I didn't roll a d12 because I rolled higher than 12. Yeah. 15. 15. Um, yeah, so for the rest of the watch, like you keep a good eye. You're fiddling around with your tools and your, your little contraptions and that. 
But actually, like the whole forest, it does feel quite quiet tonight. There's no danger creeping up on you the whole time. You do notice that Gaius doesn't seem to be having a very nice sleep. Whether or not that it's necessarily because he's stuck between Gwendolyn and Enkidu or whatever, but he's tossing and turning a little bit. Chris doesn't look surprised by this. I am. As a question, Mm. does Guy sleep in his mask? (gasps) Yeah, he does. Oh. Okay. Wait, hang on. But Arin would know that because you guys were big spoons. Yeah, I I realised the other night I wanted to ask. (laughs) I I was intrigued to know whether Guy sleeps Mm. in his mask or not. Can everyone apart from Gaius just take your headphones off for a moment? I'm really scared. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so yeah, Gaius, as your the start of your dreams, they they're very nice. They're very calm. It's all filled with music, pretty ladies, general nice dreams. You're off on an adventure. But there are some points that you're dreaming about the woods. Then it's in one of those like dream-like ways that as you're wandering through the woods, you turn around a tree and you find yourself stood on the docks. Even in a dream, you know this is not a good place to be for you, and your brother is there. Just the, the the panic inside of you just builds up. You, you can't quite move. You feel, you, you feel a little bit stuck. Suddenly, all you can see is red, and you just have the sense of, of drowning. You're tossing and you're turning. You can't seem to catch a hold of any of the rocks that are sort of scurrying past you. You can't breathe. You can't see anything. It's just, it's just panic. And then you wake up. <laughs> Brutus. Ah. Why, you as well? <sighs> okay. Okay. Is anybody else... Is anybody else notice? Uh, so Orin and, Orin and Juna are still up. And basically, yeah, you notice that Gaius essentially wakes up a little bit panicked. What's wrong? <sighs> All right. What's wrong, Guy? I'm okay. You okay? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, nothing around. I, um... Sorry about that. Just uh, had 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 a, a few that hit with the dragon the other day. Must have really like knocked it out of me. And the oh, dragons galore. All I see is dragons in my sleep, man. It's like ridiculous. Dra- dragons in your sleep, like fire breathing. Like I, I'm running down this, like you know, this tunnel, and this dragons in front of me and behind me. It's ice and fire and. It's like a, it's a song of ice and fire. What can I say? And I'm the worst. I'm like the discord within it all. It's, it's a nightmare. It's, it doesn't sound nice at all. I didn't write it. I don't know. Sorry. That's horrible. I was going to say, with Gaius's sort of outburst, everybody is awake. And it's, the sun's sort of slowly risen by this point. as well. It's enough that everybody feels rested. Gwendolyn's kind of giving him a, a soft, like, reassuring stroke on the shoulder. No, just... Putting her hand on his shoulder, not stroking his shoulder. That's weird. Stroke, just you know. hand on the shoulder. That there. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I'd really enjoy if Gwendolyn goes through all of that, gives him a stroke, realizes yeah. it's weird to stroke someone, <laughs> runs, runs yeah. to the time turner table, turns back time, changes oh the future. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> just carefully lays her hand on the shoulder, doesn't move it. <laughs> Better. Better. Occasionally, you just hear a guy just saying as he goes to sleep, "It's like all I saw." All I saw was red. Gets his, like, cloak, like, as a characteristic of him, it's like a safety blanket almost, and he just rolls himself back up and tries to go to sleep. Doesn't speak to anyone. Gwendolyn just watches him sleep for a little bit, a bit concerned. Gwen, you've, you've known Guy longer than us. Has that ever happened before? No, not... We stayed in the woods for a couple of nights, but we were both 
um, I suppose we were taking watch, but we weren't, I suppose I wasn't really paying attention to him. I didn't notice it before, but that doesn't mean I couldn't have missed something. I hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. But I think he's probably not. So as uh, you all sort of wake up a little bit, uh, who's preparing breakfast? Me. E. <laughs> sort of assumed it'd be Gina. Cooking cook the party. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you get a small fire going, get everybody a little bit more warmed up. You slap on some of the rations that you found in the kitchen. Sort of a couple of sausages and sort of mushrooms and things like that. There's also corn sausages if you're vegetarian. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Septon. I shall gladly partake. Iris has a very well-stocked kitchen. At the yeah. Oh, yeah, it's got a bit yeah. of everything. Good. Yeah. And eventually, Gaius, like, once you feel rested enough. And once you've gone back to sleep, actually, there's no more dreams. It's actually, it's a very like, dreamless sleep. So when you wake up, you do feel better. Oh, guys, I tell you what, that was a bit of a roller coaster last night in my dream. But I am feeling refreshed and excited for the day. Woo! Let's go find this, uh, this witch. Um, I give him a big slap on the back. Right behind you. Ow. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oren has flashbacks of uh, Enkidu hitting. <laughs> hitting oh my god! <laughs> so you you carry on following the river as you all set off again. You've eaten breakfast. You feel very good. It's a little bit more drizzly today. Maybe it's just where the path that you're walking through. It just feels a little bit mistier, a little bit more less enjoyable to walk through this woods. Not that it's necessarily a comfortable journey the whole time, anyway. <laughs> Let's set up a marching order. Who's leading the group? Who's toward the back? Gwendolyn's probably like scouting and getting a bit ahead and just like checking the path and mm-hmm. see, seeing if we're going in the, what looks like the right direction and stuff. So I would say she's at the front. Cool. Gwendolyn toward the front. Uh, who's behind Gwendolyn? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll go behind Gwendolyn. I think Duna kind of just goes wherever. <laughs> mm. yeah. and I suppose with Duna as sort of you're a gnome as well, like the <laughs> you move slightly slower than everybody else so you're kind of setting the pace Gwendolyn's scouting ahead you're setting the pace for everybody else who's behind Juna? Um, I'll go behind Juna oh okay unless Sankidi wants to oh everyone wants to go behind Juna do they? (laughs) (laughs) I feel safer so uh, Oren then Enkidu close behind yeah uh, and then Gaius are you happy at the back? Oren uh, Enkidu move out the way I can see Juna (laughs) 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 I'll keep at the rear yeah yeah oh um, so, Gwendolyn, can you just make a quick survival check for me, please? Mm-hmm. Ten. Yeah, you, you're, you're fairly sure you're following the river. Like, the, the path that you're having to, to lead sort of winds away from it and comes back to it every now and then. The ground is getting a little bit boggier, marshier as you're going. So you, you sort of hope that you're traveling in the correct direction. Mm-hmm. You know that it's vaguely northward that you're, you need to go and, and the river is maybe turning that way. You feel like you're, you're, you're heading more westward at the moment as opposed to north, but you've not left the river's side. So it's, yeah, you're not entirely sure if it's the, if the, if it's the right way. Gaius, as you're at the back, can you just do a quick perception check for us? Yep. This is what you get, guys. <laughs> at the bar at the back. <laughs> it wouldn't be any better with me. <laughs> That's going to be a two. Oh. With my perception, uh, makes it a six. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice no, it's not. It's a six, good. guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just compared with a two. Yeah, but your bar you're... was so low. Yeah, to, your plus four 20. is good. That's amazing. Plus four yeah. at level two. Jeez. Yeah. Not, not at this moment. Well, you're fairly distracted, Gaius. So if you're thinking over your dreams, you're not, um, not necessarily settled. So, you know, you're looking around. Yeah, you're used to traveling, but not necessarily traveling through wilderness. 
maybe stick more to the paths. Mm. The first half of the day actually goes by without incident. The river does eventually wind its way vaguely northward, so you feel like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting there. Don't necessarily know what we're looking for, but we're, we're, we're moving toward maybe a bog, maybe the witch. Okay. You stop for lunch? Junior, are you cooking up something again for everyone? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> what's, what's, on, what's on offer for lunch? Are there any berries to forage for? Yeah, um, yeah. make a quick survival check as you're walking along. Mm, nine. Nine. There's some berries. You're not necessarily... They're not ripe enough, okay. really. But yeah, you found some that you could probably like mush down into some paste sauce. To, yeah, to I'll, do, I'll do a little compote, a bit, bit of bread and butter, a bit of berry compote. Mm. Uh, nothing too fancy. Don't want to stop for too long. Hope that's all right, everyone. It's yeah, wonderful. Thank you. If you, if you wouldn't mind getting out your blowtorch, I'll do everyone a twine, oh, yeah. si- a twine tied tea as well. <laughs> I'll warm up the water. <laughs> nice. So yeah, little high tea for lunch. Retcon, everyone. Sorry, I have a perception plus of three, not four. My mistake. Okay. Oh. That's a bit more. Only a five. Only a five. Oh. Well, I'm sure our rule Nazis will get at me for that, but <laughs> I'm preparing my angry Reddit post right now. <laughs> Are you walking in the same order for the afternoon? Yes, worked well so far. Yeah, why not? Yeah. With nothing happening. <laughs> Gwendolyn, can you make another survival check for me, please? Yes. You're going to regret saying that. Absolutely. 11. Oh, 11. Ooh. Yeah, so again, you're pretty certain that you're, you're following the path that that you were told, you're just not necessarily sure how helpful it's being, mm. the directions. Gaius, again, if you're stood at the back, can you make another perception check for us? Ten. Ten, that's better. What's everyone's passive perceptions anyway? It's like 13, 12, 13, 14, is that right? 11. 12. Yeah, 12. 11. 11. 13, yeah. 13, okay. So probably as you're, you're making your way through the afternoon, you get stuck up to about four, five o'clock again. And all of you do hear a noise. Quite a, a panicked noise. Gaius is a little bit distracted at the back. But Gwendolyn, you see it first as out of the bushes runs uh, a very panicked Bessie. <gasps> Bessie! Thundering hooves. Runs. She's still a little way away from you, but she is running away from something. I alert everybody. I'm telling them, Bessie, I can see Bessie. As you're getting excited, there is a very horrible noise almost directly behind it. Oh. It's hard to describe. It's... It's like a screech, but a roar at the same time. And at quite a pace, chasing Bessie is a very large creature, bear-sized, very covered in feathers, its front half. It's, it's got the, a, a beak yes. at its face, large eyes, sort of like that are trained on this poor horse who's clearly survived for a few days in the woods. And we're going to roll initiative. Yes! Oh my god, Bessie. I'm so excited for a fight. Yes. Bessie is like Rambo in this woods. Can't. <laughs> she survived. Oh no. Yeah, that's a terrible. That's fine. 25 to 20. Non-natural 20. Mm. Nice. 21. Ooh. Ooh, very nice. 20 to 15. Oh, nobody. Interesting. Uh, 15 to 10. 10. 10 for Gaius. 10 to 5. 7. <laughs> and what did you get, Juno? Natural one. Oh. Oh. Unnatural four, though. It's all right. A natural one doesn't do much for uh, for initiative. No. No. Get it out of the way. Luckily. Luckily. Yeah, June is just <laughs> very distracted by the fact. Like, maybe you were stopped to pick some berries at that point. So you're like, ah, ooh, what's ooh, going on? Oh, this would be nice for uh, 11s. 
No, that comes before lunch, doesn't it? I know. Uh, but Gwendolyn, <laughs> uh, you have go a first. sip of my gin. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the um, the view in front of you. You were coming down a ridge at the time, so half of you are still sort of up the way. Gwendolyn, you're a little bit further down toward a bit of a clearing. There are a few trees in the way. There's a large rock uh, that Bessie's running behind. A few puddles and um, and small ponds around the place as well. And an owl bear. Yeah, very, very closely chasing poor Bessie. It is Gwendolyn's turn. Right, so uh, she's firstly elated to see Bessie and then absolutely terrified to see this honking beast. As So she grabs the spear from her back and she throws it straight towards this hideous beast. Amazing. Uh, make an attack roll. Non-natural 20. Ooh, that definitely Ooh. hits. Uh, roll some damage. Key. Uh, that's four. Four points of damage as this uh, yeah. as this uh, spear flies through the air and just collides with the owlbear. It does take a very quick clock of your position, Gwendolyn, uh, but it doesn't change its target just yet. Right. Are you moving? Do you have a bonus action? I am going to use my key point, uh, spend a key point to um, adopt patient defence after I have... Ooh, where do I want to go? I want to move closer to the trees that I see in front of me for a bit more cover and hoping that Bessie might go that direction. But um, yeah, I'm going to the trees, get a bit more cover and spending a key point to take patient defence. Amazing. So yeah, you move closer to these trees, vaguely in the path of Bessie, hoping to call her over oh, yeah, to you. yeah, I, I shout Bessie. Orin, it's your turn. Okay, so hearing Gwen shouting Bessie, I assume... She's probably not referring to the owlbear, so she's probably <laughs> referring to the horse. So Orin, finding himself fairly near to Tuna and Enkidu, I think he's going to, yeah, he's going to reach over towards Enkidu mm-hmm. and say, hold out your scimitar. Okay. And pulling a, a quill out quickly from his, uh, his person, he's going to quickly sort of mark a couple of arcane symbols onto, onto Enkidu's scimitar. This is the spell Magic Weapon. Oh. So it turns it into a magic weapon for an hour, so it will add plus one bonus to attack rolls and to damage rolls. Oh. Wow. That's only if I attack with the weapon, right? Correct. Gotcha. Only that weapon. Perfect. I've made an assumption about what you might do or not do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you might not do it, but there we go. That's my bonus action. And then from where I am, have I got a decent sight of the owlbear from where I'm standing? Or do I need to move Um, Yeah, you would have seen it uh, just through the uh, trees over to your right. Okay. Um, Yeah, so if it's running from from right to left in front of you all, basically, and especially as you're coming down a a slope, you've got a little bit better view through through the branches. Okay, so getting a reasonable view, hopefully, of the owlbear through the branches, he's going to then pull out his his welding torch and uh, fire a... A firebolt towards the uh, rampaging Albert. Amazing. What's the what's the range on that? 120 feet. Oh yes, definitely within range. And technically now, I now get to ignore half cover as well. Oh. Because of my infusion. Ooh. And we'll do a bonus episode one day where I explain what artificers do. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I am knows. looking That's forward cool to class. that. So They're cool. so cool. They're so great. It's wonderful. Okay, so that that's a natural two. So that's a nine. Nine, unfortunately, does not hit. Thought not. Um, so you've got this wonderful plume of fire that dances through the leaves over the owlbear's head. Maybe it's because you're you're slightly higher. 
your aim is off. Yeah, okay. And then seeing that that's not quite worked out, he's going to... Is there somewhere nearby that he can sort of dive behind for a little bit of cover? There's a there's another tree sort of away from Gwendolyn, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. He'll, he'll go and sort of put his back against that, that tree a little bit and kind of go, okay, missed it. It's harder to hit than it looks. <laughs> Wonderful. It's now the owlbear's turn. <gasps> oh, dear. And so this thing, as it's sort of bounding through the, the undergrowth, just leaps for Bessie. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And makes a few attacks at her. Its claws go sinking into her side. The two of them absolutely tumble uh, right the way through the woods. It then sinks its beak into her and she like lets out this horrible screech of pain before stopping. <gasps> She's just lying there on the, fl- uh, on the ground as this owlbear then looks up toward Gwendolyn, keen to keep its prey its own. So it's just then staring over at Gwendolyn in a really menacing, go on then try it kind of a way. It is now Gaius's turn. Seeing that and suddenly recognising the horse and rec- uh, all my friends charging towards it, I recognise from what Enkidu told us a while ago what an owlbear is. I'll suddenly like, throw my loot around onto my front and sing, Well, you ain't nothing but an owlbear. Right <laughs> you ain't nothing but an owlbear. My spells are sweet and fine. Oh. Well, you ain't never caught Bessie and you ain't no friend of mine. And I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Fairy fire. So from my loot, suddenly some um, wispy uh, golden uh, fairy fly around and end up hitting the owlbear. And on collision, it suddenly lights up like it's made of neon yellow. What's the uh, area of that? So um, what this spell does is that if it fails the dexterity saving throw... Four. So, yes. No. Um, <laughs> it means then that it's lit up like a Christmas tree mm-hmm. in a 10-foot in a radius, and any attack roll against the affected creature um, has advantage if the attacker can see it, um, and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. Cool. So, the uh, yeah, the owlbear, as you said, it's sort of, suddenly there's this, these fairies swirl around the area. It's uh, absolutely, like, outlined from every direction. It's almost, like, cartoonish, how no matter which way you look at it, it's got this beautiful shimmer on the outside. Are you doing anything else, Skyus? Uh, for my bonus action, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do healing words on little old Bessie, bless her. Oh. And I'll sing my tune again of horsey horse, lovely horse. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets eight back. Eight hit points. Yeah, Bessie. Yay. <laughs> and yeah, straight away that you can see that she starts like bucking and trying to get up from under the, the owlbear's claws. Are you going to move anywhere, Gaius? Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big bet. In which case, it is Enkidu's turn. This thing is really far away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my full range of movement southwest diagonally. So you run right out into the clearing there, down the slope, out between the trees. But you've got a really good view over a rock, over a, a tree stump, to see the, uh, the owl bear on top of Bessie. <sighs> Still out of range. That's fine. I've got advantage on my Eldritch Blast anyway. Eldritch Blast. So that is a 17 to hit. Cool, yeah, that definitely hits. And it's a 1d10. That's a 7 for Agonizing Blast, that's a plus 3, so that's 10 points of force damage. Nice. Amazing. Over the over the, a large boulder, this sort of beam of, of green glowing energy collides with this owlbear, and it does knock it off of Bessie just that little bit. She starts bucking away. It is then her turn. And she is going to uh, just disengage and get away from this owlbear. Yeah. Manage. She doesn't want to fight. Uh, 
60 feet she can move. She looked like Whoa. she recognized the song. <laughs> uh, she's not necessarily running towards you all, but uh, she sort of runs past. Especially as there's like beams of energy and like healing and all of the noise coming from you all. There is a slight panic still about her. <laughs> she runs past you. And then it is Juna's turn. Okay, I'm quite far away. Can I see the owlbear? Yes, you still can. I'm going to come and stand next to where Gwen is by what I think is like a bit of a tree. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to hold my quarterstaff up in the air, um, give it a bit of a stir towards the sky, point it towards um, one of the large rocks that's just in front Mm -hmm. of the owlbear, raise it up and cast catapult um, and attempt to throw a rock at the owlbear. Amazing. So it's a deck save throw for you, please, DM. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Please roll low. Ah, that is a (laughs) 16. Oh, yeah. You saved yourself, owlbear. (laughs) Oh, I was so excited about that as well. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this, this rock starts floating up from the boulder goes flying and the owlbear seeing it coming just does like duck out of the way it's sort of attention has turned more toward Enkidu because that's the most obvious attack that it's had against it I think Juno like puts her quarterstaff down on the floor and is like fucking owlbears there she is the spice have you got a bonus action at all Juno I have but I don't really need to use it in which case Gwendolyn it's your turn right Gwendolyn is going to get out her darts and she is going to really focus she's taking a deep breath she's seen Enkidu in front of her and she's just thinking of those words you just don't think things through and she's using those to fuel her as she aims her dart and throws it. She likes aiming for eyes, so she's going to aim for eyes again of the owlbear. <laughs> I love that she has to throw it, like, just past Enkidu. Like, it'll I'm be fine, yeah, like, right. just yeah. past his head. Just be a natural fire. one. Please be yes. a natural yeah. one. Natural oh, one. my God. And that, that was with an advantage, obviously, for fairy fire. So mm-hmm. that is a 22. 22 definitely hits. Nice. Yeah, do some damage. That is four damage. Four damage, lovely. Nice. So yeah, this dart goes whizzing past Enkidu's head and just lodges <laughs> in, it almost gets lost in the feathers of this owlbear. So it takes the hit, it doesn't necessarily seem all that bothered by it. I'm just fueled by everything that I'm thinking about, so uh, Gwendolyn uses her full movement to get up close to the owlbear and she's going to use her unarmed strikes. Amazing, Whoa. so you run straight the way forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make 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 two attacks. Gonna, is that a flurry of blows that you're going to do? I'm going to spend a key point to do two unarmed attacks attacks as my bonus mm-hmm. Amazing. To advantage again oh yep because it's still uh, under the effect of fairy fire um, that's a 20 non-natural definitely hits nice. uh, yeah so I'm going to aim and like kind of punch it in its jaw because I'm really annoyed that it was trying to eat Bessie nice. uh, so that is six points of damage for that punch amazing wow. and then throw another hit second hit is a 19. Definitely hits. I'm going to then kind of kick it wherever I think is the groin and I'm just channeling some certain aggression right now. Can't think what it is. <laughs> uh, and that's another six points of damage. Wow. Um, yeah, so you uh, clock it right in the beak. It's a little blood-stained more, and then dance around between its front legs, swing up right into its underbelly. 
you don't think it's necessarily connected with groin, but you hear something like crunch inside. So you're, you're pretty sure you've broken a rib there, which is quite satisfying. Nice. Orin, it's now your turn. Okay, so Orin is just going to lean round from the tree where he's at and just sort of seeing Gwen in the middle of it and being like, I'm quite glad that he's nowhere near, <laughs> both near Gwen or the Albert <laughs> at this point, I think. He's going he's gonna to pull out his, his icebreaker's army knife and just try and adjust his, his welding torch to try and be a little bit more accurate and uh, mm-hmm. hurl another globule of fire towards the angry Albert. Oh, with advantage. With advantage. Uh, okay, not much better. Uh, 15. 15 hits. Hey, there we nice. go. It's quite a big bear. <laughs> it's quite quite a lot of bear to hit. It's quite a lot of <laughs> vowel bear to hit, yeah. yeah. Um, that'll be... Oh, better. That's nine points of uh, fire damage, please. Nine points of fire damage. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. Are you going to uh, move anywhere? No, nope, he's, he's just going to tuck himself back around his tree. <laughs> so and head out. Head back. Take a breather. <laughs> yep. Yeah feel safer where he is right now thank you lovely so yeah this little globule of fire goes over and Gwendolyn you see it like collide with the owlbear uh, in front of you like singe some of the feathers but then it still turns its attention to you Gwendolyn as you're the one right up in his face (laughs) so first up it's going to make uh, a claw attack at you and that is a 16 to hit it just hits you take 14 points of slashing damage as its claws just like it almost like pushes you to the ground like lets out another one of these horrible screechy roars as it's got its claws like clamped onto your shoulders it tries sinking its beak in and that is an unnatural 20 so that hits (laughs) that definitely hits Um, and this beak goes straight into your neck that is another 10 points of piercing damage are you so not? she uh, she bounces back up to one hit point. <gasps> oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! Yeah. So there is this horrible, horrible moment that you're like, "This is it for me." But then you're, and especially with Enkidu's words going through your head, you're yeah. like, "No, she's, it's not." She's really starting to think that maybe she doesn't think things through. <laughs> <laughs> Gaius, it is your turn. Gosh, this changes what I was just about to do. Same. Mm. Okay, so he's, he's looking towards where Bessie is and he sees Gwent go down and he like turns and goes, oh my God! Pauses for a second, tries to think of lyrics, but everything's running blank and suddenly he thinks of a song or a melody and he plays it and it's the healing word that goes straight to um, Gwendolyn Mm -hmm. and that will be a five, five points of healing you get. (sighs) He's going to um, rush forward as close as he can towards like the center of the group and see if he can help in any way. Uh, He's aware that Bessie might bolt in one second He's not sure what to do. He's indecisive. He wasn't expecting that. That's where he is. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so you've rushed forward a little bit. Yeah. You're basically beside Juna at this point, keeping a view of the land. You, you can just about see Bessie darting off in one direction, Gwendolyn like a little rag doll in this owlbear's clutches. It is now Enkidu's turn. Seeing her rush in, I'm just going to keep going in southwesterly direction, 20 feet. That should put me in range for a Hexblade's Curse right on that Albert. Please. Uh, amazing. How do you cast your Hexblade's Curse? So with my Shimitar, I run my two fingers of my offhand all the way down the blade, mm. flick off, and I point towards the target. Mm. Shimitar. So yeah, so if my Shimitar... Shwink! <laughs> T-shirt? Yeah, so I can crit on a 19 <laughs> if I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to Eldritch Blast it. Make your attack. It's not good. <laughs> it is an 11. 11, unfortunately, does not hit. 
Um, it goes wide. It's uh, where you're trying to be careful not to hit Gwendolyn. It just goes that little bit wide. You, yeah. So, oh. Still got about ten feet of movement. Are you going to move in closer? Did you take advantage when you were rolling your? Mm. Oh gosh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I just rolled go. one. Yeah. One dice. Yeah. Thank you. Roll for with that. advantage. See, Grace and Daryl are actually really good friends in real life. <laughs> 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 in real life. <laughs> People are going to think we hate each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just rolled an eight again. Oh. Oh. So, so it's exactly the same roll. <laughs> So yeah, didn't matter. Right. It was destined to be. And Bessie, she's not going to run as far as she sees that the owlbear is stopping, stop pursuing her. But on her turn, she is just going to keep running, keep trotting in the same direction, turning to look back at what's happening. She's not, she's not gone completely, but she's still slightly further away, right. running off between between pod- puddles and and the trees. It is Juna's turn. I'm sort of across the clearing from Gwen and the Owlbear. I can't get to her because I can't move that far. So I'm going to kind of like go across sort of halfway across the clearing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold out my hand in a sort of witchy claw fashion and cast Chill <laughs> Touch on the Owlbear. Yes. So my gnarly, disgusting, necrotic hand is going to come out and attempt to grab the owlbear by the scruff of the neck with advantage. With advantage? Yeah. Yes, very fire. <gasps> very fire is good spell. My second roll was a natural 20! Yay! Yes! <laughs> I think it hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, natural 20s completely miss. <laughs> well, no, Does that mean I get miss. double damage? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <gasps> So yeah, roll the dice. Let's double the dice damage. So what did, what did you roll normally? 1d8, which I rolled and got a 7. Cool, so then that's 14. Amazing. 14 damage altogether. Lovely. Uh, whereabouts on this owlbear is this this skeletal hand? I'd like to sort of grab it under its chin. Mm-hmm. I've never done this, but I've seen it in movies where like people grab people by the scruff of their necks to be like, you leave my friend alone. It's that kind of... Yeah. And I grab it. Yeah, so this, uh, this skeletal hand like weaves over Gwendolyn's head, grabs a whole bunch of feathers of this owlbear and like flicks it up a little bit. To the point that it's almost rearing back on its hind legs. And Gwendolyn, it is your turn. So I'm going to make sure I'm staying close enough so I'm not going to disengage, but just to give myself a little bit of range so I can throw another dart at it. Mm-hmm. Going right for the neck, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of artery there that I can just really pierce. Uh-huh. Um, so if you're going to throw the dart, it would be at disadvantage because you're sort of within range. But mm. because of the fairy fire, it's just going to be a straight roll. Cool. That is a 19. 19 Ooh. hits. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, roll your damage. Six damage. Oh, this owlbear was looking fairly hurt. And especially as, you know, you've punched it in the face, kicked it. It's had a few like eldritch blasts thrown at it. And now it's being held up by the scruff of its neck by this skeletal hand. You take a moment. You're completely bloodied. Uh, how do you kill the Albert? Oh. Uh, <laughs> because I have um, my unarmed strike as a bonus, so I am mm-hmm. just going to go for a final punch. I, I'm looking at it in the eye, and I am channeling all my aggression, all my frustration, everything that's going on right now that I just don't understand, and it's too much for me, and I just channel it all into my fists and I punch it right in the neck and just let the blood flow over my hands. Amazing. So with this this dart almost between your fingers at that point, you throw your punch up, you get it right uh, right under the beak, almost where the skeletal hand is, 
as like a guiding point, uh, and it collides with this this beast, and it goes limp above you, to the point that you almost has to dart out of the way to get, <laughs> as it sort of slumps down and collapses onto the ground. You can take a breather. The owl is dead. <sighs> Gwendolyn retrieves her dart. She pulls them out aggressively. She pulls out her her spear and and she turns around and looks at the others and she just has a little smile on her face. Um, as you turn around, Gwendolyn, obviously from your viewpoint, you can see Bessie still moving away from oh, everybody. Right. She instantly starts running after Bessie. She's like, Bessie! And Kudu gets in her way and says, stop, you are covered in so much blood and I can't tell how much of it is yours. You took a bad hit. Don't move. Obviously, this horse means something. He's jogging backwards. Like, don't, don't move. Just, just, just sit down. <laughs> yeah, S- sit down. I- sit I'm down. on it. I'm on it. I'm coming. Wendelin actually coming, listens to Enkidu for once and sits down and is uh-huh. just absolutely exhausted. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, uh, guy is like sprinting towards Bessie. Hey, girl. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, okay. Guys, can you make a quick animal handling check, please? <laughs> oh, amazing. Come on, come on. It's your old pal, guy. You got this. Come on, Bessie. Uh, okay. 15, 15. 15. As you're sort of running after her, singing your little songs and like trying to call her back, um, she does sort of calm down and turn to look back at you enough that you just get there in time to grab hold of her reins and sort of pull her in. She looks ravaged. She looks really badly hurt. She's kind of limping a little bit on one foot. Like she's got scratches and scars all down her sides. She does not look like a happy horse. But with you patting her face and calming her down, she does seem a bit happier. You're okay. Oh, you've been so good being around in the woods. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And I'll just <laughs> start like, looking and patting and like you say, just giving her all the love and affection and then like turn around and be like, Gwen, it's Bessie. <laughs> she just gives him like a very exhausted kind of like thumbs up like, yay. <laughs> June is going to have gone to like a, one of the little lakes nearby and dunked the edge of her cloak in, having heard what Enkidu said, and is sort of coming back over and kind of giving Gwen a bit of a scrub down. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, Orin, I'm assuming Gwen looks pretty beat up still. How's Gwen oh, looking? Yeah. yeah, yeah, she could probably yeah. do one a little bit of bees action. A little bees for Gwen, do you please? So. It's late, it's late. <laughs> I should point out we're recording this on the hottest day of the year. Um, yeah. So, Orin, just, just start applying them, kind of going. It's uh, a useful knack you've got of, of bouncing back when it looks like uh, you're not doing too well. Yes, I, I, I never really knew it was something I could do. Yeah. I just seem to keep hanging on. Yeah, I'm just going to look for um, berries or something, or Bessie. And uh, herbs for healing <laughs> Gwendolyn, he's covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, you can make a quick survival check, Enkidu. 14. 14. So you do manage to find some, some not so much berries, but you do some find some fruit, some small apples and pear-type things uh, that you think, oh, actually, the horse probably enjoy those. As for herbs, you're not entirely sure. You do find some nice-smelling leaves but you're not necessarily the most well-versed in, in healing in that way. So you're like... No, Amazing. I am not. Don't Here know are if these smelly are... leaves. <laughs> if these are useful, if these are just for, like, flavouring food. But, you know, you bring those back and hand them over to, to Juna because she seems yeah, to have... Juna, yeah. Going over to, the, to feed the, the apples to the horse, she seems very contented by that. Hmm. 
as she's sort of like brought back toward the group, seeing the Albert dead, you just yeah, you get the sense that Bessie is is much less panicked now that she's with people. Okay. Um, how is Gwen looking after the bees? Is she? Yeah, sorry, the bees. I didn't actually tell you what what they heal. They eight eight points of healing. The bees did. Oh, that's, I that's lovely. I the... like that. Gwen, how are you looking? Do you need more healing, or uh, are you like? How, I could do how with like an he... extra four points of healing to be up to I think, full, but you know I can. I handle... think in that case, Juna takes the like smelly leaves that Enkidu's given her, kind of looks at them, <laughs> thinking these are just smelly leaves, and kind of shakes her head, and then right. like places the leaves on Gwen <laughs> and casts uh, cure wounds. <laughs> <laughs> seeing this have an effect and Kiri is a little bit um, pleased like ah so I picked the right herbs after all <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, you've got you've got you've got seven hit points so that that's oh, your fault I'm up to full health thank you Jimmy. yeah you're the best oh my gosh so little health we have <laughs> we're so squishy as you're all gathered sort of healing each other up calming the horse down just from uh, from behind some of the trees oh no there's a bit of a rustle and then a voice goes, do you want me to fix this one for you too? <sighs> and that's where we'll leave the episode. <laughs> you have been listening to David Knight as your dungeon master. Ben Galpin as Orin. Chris Watts as Gaius. Daryl Bailey as Enkidu. Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and Vicky Gaskin as Juna. Original music by David Knight. Please tell your friends, subscribe, and follow us on all the social media. Thank you for listening to No Small Roles. Anon for now. Anon! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.